Gospel Message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. It seems a few of our people are now back from holidays and some people are still away. Uh, I think this is the last week of holidays. Uh, presumably, most people will come back and schools will be resuming. But just for a moment, if you know anyone that is still on holiday, at least we know our pastor is still away, let's just hold them for a couple of seconds in prayer that the Lord will bring them back safely. Let us pray for them. If you know anyone, just pray for them right now that the Lord would um, keep them while they're on holidays and the Lord will cover them and keep them safe. Some, some people would have traveled to Italy, for example. Who knows? Some people are on that bridge. God saved uh, some people, and people have a lot of stories. People go to holiday locations, and mishaps do happen. But this morning, let's just hold all our people in prayer and put them under the covering of the Most High God. They will not go to where there is disaster in the name of Jesus. Let us cover everybody that is here to come back with the blood of Jesus, and let us pray that the Lord will bring them back safely in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Now, we've been, we've been looking at um, the, the, the topic grace, and um, this has been our month of grace. We want to thank the Lord for how he has made grace abound unto us. Uh, so far, and uh, we've studied that a great deal at length. Awesome, awesome, awesome teaching all along. Wednesday services, we've been, we've been, we've been taught uh, greatly. The Lord has ministered into our lives. Sunday services, we thank the Lord. And um, what the Lord placed upon my heart uh, this morning, uh, yes, still morning, this morning, is uh, the aspect of grace about empowerment. I know when we are asked to describe uh, or define grace, we are talking with some people, the easiest that comes to our mind is the fact that unmerited favor. Yes, that's grace, we know, and we also thank God for that. But an aspect that I really want us to focus on this morning is about the empowerment that grace uh, brings unto us as children of God. And we are looking at it from the area of empowered by grace for the prophetic. Empowered by grace for the prophetic. And the Lord will help us in the mighty name of Jesus. How interesting that um, the people of the world have a better understanding of what uh, prophetic actions are or what a prophecy is. And um, it's very interesting when you see someone in your court who, who takes uh, a, a prophecy or an instruction or a message that um, their leader, so to say, has given out. Or they've told them you must eat at certain times of the, of the day, you must eat this particular thing, you must do this and that. And you could see how they adhere to these things. Even we, 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 we know, even for athletes, uh, maybe not in that sense, but the, the coach is prophesying into the life of the athlete in terms of you will be a winner if you do all these things. And, but in the body of Christ, it seems sometimes that we take prophecy for granted. We take prophecy for granted, but I, I cannot blame anyone because in the circumstance where one is, in the circumstance where one is, one would definitely doubt the, circum, the, the situation or one would definitely doubt the, the prophecy. So in this, in this aspect, I'm looking at grace. What is grace? I'm saying that grace is empowerment. I just want us to look at that aspect of grace for the context of this teaching this morning. Uh, grace is empowerment. That is God's giving ability, God's giving capacity, God's giving capability. That's God's enablement. That's God qualifying you where you are not qualified. And even when you are undeserving. That is the aspect I want us to narrow it to. This morning, and of course, our verses one of our verses that we've read over and over again, we're going to read it again. Second Corinthians 9 8. Second Corinthians 9 8, please. 
Second Corinthians. Of course, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. I like the word sufficiency there. I also like the word abundance. I like the word for sufficiency. That means you have sufficient power within you through the grace of God. That means you have sufficient ability to do within you through the grace of God. That means you have the sufficient quality. You are sufficiently qualified uh, uh, through the grace of God. And quickly, what is a prophecy? Uh, I'm also saying that uh, the prophecy in this case is for telling the truth. For telling the truth. Of what is to come. And usually in the Old Testament by a prophet based on divine revelation inspired by God. I want, I'm saying, I'm, I could have stopped at foretelling the truth of what is to come, but I, it's very important for this teaching for, for us to include the fact that it must be inspired by God, because that is the only time it can be a valid truth. And that brings us into the paradox or conflicting of, um, uh, of truth and facts. Truth and facts. Um, is uh, fact the same thing as truth? Is a fact a truth? Or is, a, is, a, is truth a fact? Thank you, sir. It, it, and that is what I wanted us to get. Not all facts are truth. But definitely all truth is a fact. And truth is rea- the reality, the accuracy, and the certainty. You know, a fact is usually based on statistics of what we are seeing. It's based on maybe what you are seeing at the moment. And um, I was just looking at what is truth, and that one, that one took me to reality, accuracy, stat- uh, certainty. And uh, for fact, it's, it's, it's usually on, uh, and I'll tell you why, why I'm talking about truth and fact, because when somebody prophesies into your life, or when you receive a prophecy, it might necess- it's, it's not necessarily the case of, it does not reflect your circumstance. You get what I mean? Does not reflect if, for example, a prophecy of uh, that that I've received that I'm going to be a multimillionaire at the moment, I'm not yet one. So, the, the fact of the matter is that if you go to my bankers today and you ask them the status of my financial st- uh, standing, they are going to tell you who exactly I am. You can tell, but um, the prophecy is that at some point, and it will surely come to pass, and some some point in the in the future, that truth will come. Will come to pass. And so whatever the study, no matter what my bank accounts are saying now, no matter what your bank account is saying now, that, that is detailed. That is the circumstance present. That is information that is at this present point in time. So let us, the mere fact that you saw me walk through is a fact that I walked through Union Square, or maybe I came through the other side. You saw me going to Union Square. The truth of the matter is that I may not maybe exactly going to Union Square. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm passing through. And so we need to be careful, truth and facts. And in, the, in, in our present day and time, there, there's been a lot of mixture of what truth is and what facts is. A lot of people have taken facts for truth. And that is why they're in their present situation. They, they have to see that that is not. For example, in the law court, when you're looking for a proof, when you're looking for a proof, that's a jury. And most of, we've seen cases where all the facts of the matter is not the truth. But that is a fact. And so the, ju- the jury will definitely make their judgment based on the facts, that's facts that were presented before them. And let me give a biblical example also of, 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 of what I'm talking about. Uh, let's, op- let's, let's go to John 11. The case of Lazarus. The case of Lazarus. John 11. John 11. Oh, I'm right there. John, the case of Lazarus. When Jesus was to go, when they came to tell Jesus that, now a certain man was sick, Nazareth of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha, let's go on, it was that, it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And what did the Lord say? Then Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, for the glory of God, that the Son of Man may glorify through it. Now, Jesus, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. 
So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. After staying two extra days, Sabu said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and, uh, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees a lot of... I'm looking for a place where he said, Lazarus is sleeping, not dead. Is this still further down? Yes, okay, so let's keep on going. However, Jesus spoke at his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. Uh, Next one, and Jesus said to them, plainly, Lazarus is dead. So, he's 12. Let's go back to 12. Because 11, let's go back to 11. Okay, so, yeah. Which translation is this? Okay, NKJV. So, it says, Lazarus, okay, thank you. Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. You know, this present circumstance at the time was that he was dead. He was actually dead. He was actually dead day one. He was dead day two. And Jesus is saying that the truth of the matter is that this guy is asleep. So Jesus was prophesying here that this guy is asleep. He's not dead. But everybody around saw that the guy was actually dead. So that's just an example to try and drive on my point about the fact and the truth of the matter. No one of people say fact of the matter and the truth of the matter. So prophecies can come through a message on the pupil like this or through a man of God. Um, we, we, we saw an example of that in the, in, in the Bible, the birth of Jesus Christ, the message of the birth of John the Baptist to, to Zacharias, Luke 15, sorry, Luke, 5, Luke 1, 5 to 23, we can read that at home, uh, the message of the birth of Jesus Christ to Mary, that was a prophecy to Mary, a virgin lady, you know, and she said, how can these things be? The con- the thing is that the presence that comes, that the fact of the matter is that Mary was single, Mary was a virgin, and yet she was told that she would give birth to the king of all kings. That was found in the, in the book of Luke 26 to 38. And it could be a promise. We saw in, in Genesis, God's promise to Abraham. God's promise to Abraham of the land that he would give unto him. And also God's promises to, 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 to Abraham of Isaac, a nation through Isaac. I'm going through all of this because we know that prophecies, how can prophecies come about? It can be a message, it can be a promise, it can be from, the, from, from a man of God, and, and on and on. One of the greatest prophecies of all time is the, is the birth of Jesus Christ that we all know. And end time prophecies that are unfolding before our very heart. Eyes. There has been end time prophecies that we are seeing play out in our time, and the Lord will help us to to take heed in the name of Jesus. The birth of Jesus Christ was prophesied by Prophet Isaiah. That account is in the book of Prophet Isaiah, and the Lord will would would, would help us as we, we we read that in the name of Jesus. Now, who is a prophet? A prophet, or who can prophesy? And where I'm going all this, you will, you, you will find that shortly. Um, who is a prophet and who, who can prophesy? A prophet is a spokesman of God, in short, for the sake of time and confusing everybody. I'm just saying a prophet is a spokesman for God. And in the Old Testament, we have... The office of the prophet, where someone is um, anointed to the office of a prophet. But in the New Testament, in our present time, we hardly see where somebody is, um, maybe one or two people, you still have that name, prophet something, but that office of prophet, it has become, you are a prophet. You are a prophet. How do I know in the book of Hearts 2, 17, which was also documented in Joel 2, 28, Let's put that up, please, that you are a prophet. Tell your neighbor you are a prophet in the name of Jesus. So, and it shall, and it shall, and I will, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. 
your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. So, you are a prophet because the Lord is pouring out his spirit upon all men and young sons, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And that is where I am saying that you are a prophet. Also, we can see that there is a gift of the prophecy now in the New Testament. We saw that account in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the workings of miracle, to another prophecy. So it's a gift. It's a gift. So people who have the gifting of prophecy may not necessarily have an official title that they are prophet Joe Blocks. But they may have the calling and the ministry of prophecy upon their lives. And they can manifest as such. So you're a prophet. Whoever has that gifting is a prophet. It's a prophet. The prophet. And the world is waiting earnestly for the manifestation of the sons of men. So that we can, we can, we can exhibit that, that, that attribute. We can exhibit the attribute of prophecy. Now, what should be your attitude and reaction? Because this is where I'm trying to tie everything together in terms of enablement by grace for the prophetic. The person that gives the prophecy is one aspect. The person that receives the prophecy is another aspect. Both of them need grace. Both of them need the grace. Because sometimes, even you, the carrier of the prophecy, your flesh or what you are seeing can may distort your delivery of the prophecy. And you, the receiver of the prophet, your present circumstance can exactly distort entirely the content or the message in the prophets in the in the, in, the, in the prophecy so this is where grace is needed this is where that empowerment this is where the ability to give the prophets as it is and to receive this as given is needed and the lord will help you and i in the name of jesus and that is why we read that paper where god has made all grace abound for us to be able to operate in the prophetic. Be ye the giver, the deliverer of the message, or be you who is receiving the message. What must be your attitude to prophecy? You need the enablement by the grace of God, and you need faith. And grace is there for you and I, in the name of Jesus. I wrote here in capital letter that you must not despise prophecies. You must not, you cannot afford to despise prophecies. You cannot afford to despise and you must not defi- despise prophecies. First Corinthians 5.20 What does the Bible say? Very short and precise. First Corinthians 5.20 Sorry, First Thessalonians, I meant. Sorry. First Thessalonians 5.20. Do not despise prophecies. The, the verse before that says, do not quench the spirit. It said, do not quench the spirit. And he went on to say that, do not despise prophecies. It's an instruction. That we must not despise prophecies. Some people have missed out on what the Lord wants to do for them. Some people have missed out on where the Lord is taking them to because they despise prophecies. Maybe they are looking at the 
container of delivery. Maybe they, they have sized up the, the person that gave the prophecy and they, therefore they despise the prophecy. The prophet. And that is why we need grace. That pastor was teaching us one of the Wednesdays and he says, when someone gives you a criticism, leave the person who gave you the criticism. But look at the positives in the criticism and pick that. Because sometimes a lot of us, we've missed prophecy that is meant for us, that we should work with, that we should, I mean, use, and we just despised it because we are looking at the channel of delivery or we are looking at our present circumstance. So we should not despise prophets. Prophets can come through man of God. It can come through your, your pastor. It can come through your spiritual leaders. I think recently we did a study in the, in the Sunday school class about how to honor spiritual leaders, how to honor leaders. Part of that is obedience, especially if it does not contradict the word of God for prophecies. But there are a lot of prophetic things that they would, it doesn't make sense. Prophets, if you want to walk in the prophetic, it does not make sense. Shortly, we say that it does not make sense. It does not make sense. If you are walking in the prophetic, it does not make sense. It's like you saying that I want to be a fool. Because when you look at what you are doing, it does not. How, how does it make sense when the children of Israel, because they want to bring down the wall of Jericho, they marched around the, the walls of Jericho. It does not make sense, but it's a prophetic action. It's symbolic in the spiritual realm. I hope we all know that the spiritual realm controls the physical. The spiritual realm controls the physical. So, and it, the spiritual realm sometimes is not, does not make sense in the physical because God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. I mean, the wise. So, we go ahead the man of God leaders, and if there's a prophet that came through the man of God or a spiritual leaders, the Bible says in Second Chronicles 20 20, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. You shall prosper. The word of God. Is filled with prophecies for you and I from the beginning to the end. Initially, I wanted to attempt to say, let me start picking prophecies. I said, I'm going to stay here for the rest one year if I want to do that. Because from beginning, from every verse, because don't forget that some prophecies are in form of promises because they are not yet life. They are not yet life. The word of God is filled with prophecies. And we can see in the word of God itself in 2 Corinthians 1.20, for the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. Another reason why we cannot, our, our attitude through, for, towards prophecies must be with humility and we must accept it with, with grace that God has remembered you, not despise the prophet. And then let's look at an example in the Bible, in Second Kings. We, there's an example of someone who despised the prof, pro, a prophecy in Second Kings. Second Kings chapter seven. Second Kings chapter seven. That was when there was famine in Samaria. Second Kings chapter seven, please. If uh, chapter seven, verse one, we sh- we, sh- we shorten it, verse one and two. We know the story in between. Um, then Elisha said, "Hear the word of the Lord." Thus says the Lord: Tomorrow about this time, a share of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two shares of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. At this point in time, when Prophet Elisha was speaking. There was serious famine in the land. So an officer of whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, even, (laughs) foolish man, look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. This guy despised the prophecy. And we saw what happened later on in 16 and 19. 
16 to 19. We know the story in between. You can read it. Uh, how the, the, the lepers went to the camp and they told everybody about it. From 16. Then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. So a share of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two shares of barley for a, for a shekel. According to the word of the Lord. Is, perhaps there's somebody in the house who has received a prophecy from the beginning of the year and you have done nothing with it. And you have done nothing with it. Or perhaps there's a prophecy that has come out of this pulpit and you are still toiling, trying to rationalize it. I think you need to take it and run with it. Rather, you cannot rationalize it because this account, the guy was rationalizing. Based, maybe, maybe he was an economist or something. He, he was looking at uh, macroeconomics of demand and supply. But our God is not an economist in that sense. So, and in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. And that was what exactly happened. He was not a part because he was trampled upon. He was trampled upon. Grace is needed for prophetic actions. That is, this is, I, I went all this way to come to this point that for us to operate in the, in the prophetic, grace is needed. The Lord needs to empower us. He, has give, he needs to give us the ability, the capacity to take prophecy and run with it. And not despise it. That action that is needed is symbolic in the spiritual realm. There are people who have done symbolic things in the Bible to make the prophecy come to pass. To make the prophecy come to pass. I mentioned earlier the account of um, the Israelites, the destruction of Jericho. It didn't make sense. As recorded in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 to 20. For six days, you will, you will go round a very fortified wall. And on the seventh day, you will do this. You will blow the trumpet. What occurred to me is that all these actions, as they were executing them, have spiritual connotations in the spiritual realm. For that, for that victory to come. Exodus chapter 12, the, the Passover, the Israelites' Passover in Egypt. Let's go to Exodus chapter 12. We saw the instruction as, so to say, given to, to Moses and passed down to the Israelites for them to leave bondage of hundreds of years. He told them what to eat how to hit it, when to hit it. And I believe strongly that everything is for a reason and a purpose. In fact, he told them that they will, they will, they will eat it standing with their belt guarded. And what does that mean? They are ready to go. It means they are ready to go. Believe you me, if there was anyone who, he, who was an Israelite at the time and did not follow this instruction, would, be, would have been left behind in Egypt. That be left, and again, from the sheep or from the lamb that you are going to kill, you put the blood you use to make a cross on your doorstep. These are all prophetic actions, these are all symbolic, divine. I don't know if that's anything like that, I don't know where I got it from. Divine symbolism is symbolic in a divine manner, it's symbolic. Second Kings, chapter 13. Second Kings, chapter 13. I'm trying to shorten it so that we don't overrun. Second Kings, chapter 13, verses 14 to 20. That, that is where we saw the account of King Joash and prophet Elisha when he was on his, on his deathbed. And of course, the, 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 the Syrians or the enemies, they've sort of plundered the nation, and he said, my father, my father, the usual thing, and 
The man of God said, bring the bow and the arrows. Put my hand on his hand and um, shoot the arrow. And this king shot only three times. And this king shot only three times. I'm just trying to bring out prophetic actions. And this king shot three times. And the man of God was angry. And the man of God, let's go towards 17. Let's go 18. I want to see where he said was angry. Yeah. And the man of God was angry, 19. And the man of God was angry. And he said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. So that victory was not complete. You will have complete victory in the name of Jesus. Now, you may, you may, somebody may be sitting there and saying, well, that is biblical times. That is biblical times. I'm, uh, I'm going to create the, create the indulgence of, if you are this person, I'm going to create the indulgence, your indulgence. But, of course, they have, they have shared this testimony publicly before now. And so, uh, I, I want to believe I'm safe. I'm not sure if Sister Ifoma gave a testimony. And she said, there are moments she will come into this building alone. That does not make sense. She is, is practically, is that, does that make sense in the literal sense? She will come into this building alone. She will come to the altar, which is a symbolic place, and she would rock a child. She will be rocking her child. That was a prophetic action. She will come, she's telling the Lord that I'm going to come back here. I'm going to carry this child. I'm going to testify. But at the time, the fact, what was the fact of her circumstance? She was not even married. I, I guess she was not even married. But prophetically, she came. God gave her the grace, the ability to come here and behave like a stupid person. And she was rocking her child on this altar. But what is the truth of her circumstance? She's married and she's, she rocked the child for real. For real. So in case you are thinking that is biblical times. Another testament that readily came to my mind is the testimony gave, given by the Abiola's during the one of the naming ceremonies. I can't remember which of the I think maybe it was their first. And um, I'm not sure who amongst the two of them now said we have this register for children. I may not get the details right, but the 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 the, the message you can the message is, is good for us. And they included the name of their children on the register of the children in this church when they did not have a child. Is that does that make sense? That was a prophetic action. That was even before they, they were waiting and it was as if things would never happen. But they took a step of faith, prophetic step. I'm talking about prophetic actions. That God will give us that grace not to despise prophecies and also because the Bible, look for a circumstance in the Bible. Look for a verse in the Bible. Look for a story in the Bible. And prophesy unto yourself. Because you're a prophet yourself. And prophesy unto the circumstance. Prophesy unto the situation. They included the names of their children. In the register. It was, I think it was a software. Accelerate or something. And lo and behold, the children showed up. So I'm challenging someone here today to live in the prophetic. To live in the prophetic. Yes, you can live a life of the truth, not the fact. 
Live a life of the truth of the matter, not the fact of the matter. The fact of the matter may be saying no. But the truth of the matter, based on the word of God, is saying yes. Or if you have received a ministration and a prophecy by the man of God, do not despise it. Do not despise. Tell your neighbor, do not despise prophecies. So it is, it, is, it is okay then to say, even before I conceive, I have a book name for my children. So that when you are praying, when you are prophesying to the future of these children, you are calling them by name. You are calling them by You are not just wishing them, you are calling them by name. You are calling them by name. You are calling them by name. Prophetic actions. Before we had our last child, maybe. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Before we had that child, I'm sure Sister Rebel will remember meeting me at um, TK Marks. Good. That is me. I don't know about you. That is just me. And um, I have box load, or we have box load of stuff for him. Even before conceiving him at all. Specifically. And one of the prophetic that things that I took from the Bible is in, the, in Genesis when God said, male and female, he created them. So I thank God for the female. I said, okay, Lord, the male, you said in your word, I prophesied, male and female, and I started, in fact, from the beginning, you started buying. And at a point, we look stupid to ourselves because in the room where we are keeping the, the, the stuff, we had a box full already, and it was spilling over. So I stepped up the game. I did not only buy for a baby, I bought for a child of one year old, two year old. And one of the days she was, uh, she didn't know she was talking to me, she was, were, were the till in um, Ticket Marks, and she saw him buying some clothes for, for, for a male child. I'm just saying this for just to challenge someone that. We can walk in the prophetic. Um, we can. We can. You can be prophetic in your giving. We know that our tithe is 10% of your earnings, for example. You can say, Lord, if I gross it up, I walk backwards. I'll give 20% because I want my earnings to increase so that my tithe will now be 20% that I'm giving now. You understand what I mean? The mathematics. Prophetic in giving. Pastor once told us that even while waiting for that job, you can resume in your kitchen. That's a prophetic act. It takes the grace of God to make you stand up from your bed 7 o'clock when there is no work. You go and have a shower and you wear a trousers and shirt and go and sit down in your sitting room. Or it's, it's, it takes the grace of God. What will you be doing there? What will you be doing there? Applying. Well, yes. But you will apply for eight hours. But that's nine to five. That's a normal. But what, what, what I'm just driving at is we can live. And the people of the world, especially the court, they understand this thing. They will tell someone at 12 o'clock sharp, you must be at a place that has four junctions. Or prophetic, symbolic signs. And they don't mess around with it. But come to, to church, somebody is going to give you every excuse while that does not make sense. 
while they need their sleep. I'm not saying sleep is not good. I'm just trying to charge us about the fact that we need to, you can prophesy to the child. You can, you can dress prophetically. You can dress prophetically. In fact, you're married, you can, you can call yourself Mrs. something. When you wake up in the morning, you're a Mrs. You can prophesy to your business. A child is not doing well, prophesy to the child. Be prophetic in action. Be prophetic in your words. Be prophetic in your behavior. You know, there's something called power dressing in the corporate world. You can, there is prophetic dressing also. I will pick a line from one teaching pastor, Ruben, gave some time ago. He said, you need to dress the way you want to be. If you, from where I come from, they say, it is the way you dress that you will be received. So there's no, if you are praying for an executive position or you, want, you are praying that your, 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 your child will become a prime minister and is dressing like a gangster, that's not prophetic. That's not prophetic. All these things had up. So, for example, you can dress prophetically. Your carriage, your comportment, you can, it can be prophetic. When you, you can prophesy, to, there are loads of Bible verses where you can, use, you can use to prophesy into your finances. You can prophesy to your family life. As for me, when you stand up, as for me and my house, anybody in this house, sometimes when, when um, the children are asking some questions and all, they are just being honest. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Summary, close. Case close. You can talk whatever you ask for me and my house. So far, you are I'm in my, part of me. We will serve the Lord. So I'm just, I'm just charging us. These are practical. You can, you can prophesy that the Lord will give you grace for the power to create wealth. Pastor Will charged us a lot last, last week. Some people left here angry. Like me, I was angry. It just, it, I think it just confirmed my anger because I've been angry before already. <laughs> already I've been angry that the, the, the church needs to hold because if your hand has not touched the handle of the cutlass, you cannot ask who has killed your father. Your hand must touch the thing first. Then you can answer who. Who has killed? So you, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can strike it on the floor and say who. The thing will shine. You say who, are, who, who amongst you? But if <laughs> there's no power, prophesy to the situation. I'm sure you get the gist. You get the gist. So in every aspect of our life, we can prophesy. And I know that people, there are a lot of teaching about, especially about giving, that uh, blah, 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 blah. I, can't, I don't understand it myself, what, what, what they are doing. But you can prophesy. It's about prophetic actions. Sometimes, what is the difference between this place and that place? Are they not both floors? There's a rug there, there's a rug here. This one is red, that one is, I don't know, is it green or blue? But prophetically, in the, 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 symbolically, this is the altar where we meet God. So, you bring that red letter, for example. You bring it to God and you place it here. That's a prophetic act. That Lord, I'm placing before you this red letter that is beyond me. There are loads of Bible verses you can use to support that. Are you in pure, uh, in pure earth? Are you in poor health? You can prophesy to yourself. I will prosper in all things and be in good health even as my soul prospers. I will not die or live to declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
brethren, I'm encouraging someone. I don't know. There are loads of prophecies in this year that has come forth. There are lots of specific programs that the Lord has packaged for us. There was a time they told us to write something down and put it in an envelope. How many people still have that envelope? How many people still have that envelope? How many people have revisited that envelope? It's prophetic. It's prophetic. A few things I've crossed off on that in that in my list. The man said we should write it, put it in an envelope. And some of the prophetic actions then were some people used small envelope, some people used big envelope. And they brought it to the Lord. So these are prophetic actions. That does not mean that you do that and you go and sit down and cross your leg. There are actions that must back that up. Faith without works is dead. In fact, in James 2.20, it says, a foolish man, <laughs> to the foolish man, dead foolish man, that uh, faith without work is dead. So we are going to, but all of this is not easy because our flesh and our logic Thinking is at play. That play. Sometimes pastors say seven days fasting. In a particular time, I, we are wondering, oh, why seven days? I don't want to know. I'll do the seven days. Prophetically. And I'll watch out for prophecies that are coming. I'll watch out for promises that are coming. And um, Robert now she, she, she does something each time there's a prophecy. Once she senses that the atmosphere is changing, there's a prophecy. She puts her phone and she records. Then she plays, I'm sure, definitely. Why, why, why is she recording when she's not going to play it back? She, then, she, she, then she goes home and plays. She didn't tell me that, but I know that's what she's going to do. Then she goes and plays it back. She prays it. And she was telling Pastor Will, I was just standing there waiting to speak Pastor Will, so I heard what you were saying. So she was telling Pastor Will, now, yeah, you see, I would print it out, I would write it out, and I would. They are prophetic. They are prophetic. They are prophetic. Would somebody step into the realm of the prophetic? It does not replace work. It does not replace prayer. But it's, it's, it's a very good ingredient. Very good ingredient. It's a very good ingredient. When I insist on my children greeting me, that greet me properly, greet me properly, <laughs> greet me properly, knee down. So they do that, and I've converted it into prophesying into their lives. Steady. So that means they greet me every day. At least I prophesy into their lives once a day. At least, minimum. Minimum. And when I have a prophecy in my mind, when they come, I prophesy. And a couple of times, people are, their friends have come to, to sleep over. And when they saw that, they said, ah, me too. I prophesy into their lives. I'm just encouraging us that there's more in Christ. Just encouraging us that the spiritual realm controls the physical. And if you're a player in the spiritual realm, it will show in the physical. And there is grace for that in Christ also. There's that empowerment in Christ. May we stand up and the Lord will help us to pray. Sometimes when you cannot pray, sometimes when you cannot fast anymore, 
Sometimes when you, when you are really, 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 really weary, some of these actions and activities, not maybe, maybe that's the word I can find, also speak for you. Sometimes you are holding the hand of God. You have prophesied into yourself. You have received a prophecy. Because sometimes you are reading something in the Bible and a prophecy jumps out. You say, wow. We are going to ask for grace that I will not despise prophecy. Be it the one that somebody gave to me. Be it the one that the Spirit of God himself, through his word, gave to me. I will not despise prophecies. In the name of Jesus, let's pray. Is there any prophecy that you have despised in the past? You can ask for forgiveness this afternoon and the Lord will surely, surely forgive. Act on the prophecies. A wife can prophesy to the husband. The husband can prophesy to the wife. Son can prophesy to his parents. Recently prophesied healing and life into my father. And the testimony came yesterday. So is there anybody in the house so that we can round up two, three minutes we round up? There's a naughty situation. It does not matter the status, which is the fact of the matter. The fact of the matter is that you are not married. The fact of the matter is that there's no job. The fact of the matter is that that child is sick. The fact of the matter is that there's a very naughty court case. But the truth of the matter is the fact that there is a prophecy, a promise in the word of God that can deal with that. In two minutes, you have a particular, and this is the altar, it's another prophetic place, a symbolic place, a symbolic location. Why did Moses go to the mountain top? For example, we have a prophetic meeting every Sunday by, by, by the men. The man of God in the house, Pastor Chris, told us that this is, a prophet, this is a symbolic place. We are meeting on the top floor. He explained all of that to us. That we should meet there every Sunday after service. A lot of us, we don't, we don't go. Especially the men. This is for the men. A lot of us don't go. The man told us that this is prophetic, that this is, and when we're talking about changing location, no, he said it has to be at that top level. It's a mountain top. But a lot of us take it with levity. We don't show up there. Sometimes it will be two people only on that mountain top. So to this afternoon, if there is anything you want to put before the prophetically just bring to God on the altar I don't know I don't want to know what it is bring it to God on the altar prophetically you need on the altar touch the altar and commit it and prophesy to that circumstance and prophesy to that circumstance we have three minutes to do that because of our time. There's anything you really, really want. You want this. It's a prophetic place. Just touch the altar. 
prophesy remind yourself of a promise in the bible remind yourself of a prophet use that to prophesy touch the altar the king what did he do he was asked to, to 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 shoot he shot only three times the man of God told him, you, could sh- you, should, you would have shot three, six times or five, so that that victory would be complete. Prophesy to that circumstance. Prophesy to your family. Prophesy to your finances. Prophesy. You are a prophet. The Bible is filled with promises. His promises are yea and amen. Prophesy. And the Lord will honor his word. You honor, the Lord will honor himself because where you are touching, where you are touching, where you are touching is the altar of the most high God. wellness to that child you are a prophet let's begin to round up Father in heaven, you are the God of yesterday, you are the God of today, you are the God of tomorrow. You have not changed at all, you are the unchangeable changer. Oh Lord, this afternoon, we have come to you, we are placing our bodies at your feet. We are prophesying into our circumstance. Let goodness follow your children, O Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let your mercy speak for your children, O God. Grace, let it abound, O God. I pray, my Father and King, that from this encounter, Lord, testimonies we abound. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, oh God, you are not a liar. You are not a deceiver. You don't miss road with us. You don't take us to the wrong place, Lord. Father, oh God, every prophecy that has come out of this altar, every prophecy that you have given to the set man in the house for us, Daddy, I pray, they will come to manifestation this year in the name of Jesus. Is there anyone that we have despised? Daddy, forgive us. Oh Lord, forgive us. Let this prophecy speak in the name of Jesus. Is there specific, are there specific things that we need to do or we should have done? Bring unto our remembrance one by one. In the mighty name of Jesus. And for those that have taken the prophetic step to the altar this afternoon, oh Lord. Give them beyond what they have asked, oh God. In the name of Jesus, they will come back and give a testimony because the fact of the matter is not the truth of the matter. We are holding it on to the truth of the matter, which are yea and amen, according to your word in Christ Jesus. For in Jesus' matchless name, we have prayed. Amen. Let somebody shout hallelujah.
For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.